Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. Hey, Rob. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Rick. Hey, 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 hey. Nice to meet you. Rick Romlick, lead pastor of Proclamation Church mm-hmm. in Mount Vernon, Ohio. The big old Mount Vernon. Big old MV, MTV. That's right. MTV. Mount Vernon. Rick, where Rob graduated, went, lived in Mount Vernon for most of his younger years. And, um, Yump. We always thought that was cool, like MTV. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so cool. The original MTV. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's me. Uh, glad you guys are tuning in to another episode of Simple Theology. Today is a little bit of a unique episode because we're going to just catch up on all the listener requests. Some mailbag. 38 requests into one episode. <laughs> okay, just three, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so this is real fast. No. Well, uh, we do, we have we have great listeners and we have like really interactive listeners. They they send us requests. They just send us encouraging messages. We've had yeah, thank encouraging you guys. voicemails. Um, people who just encourage us, and then some people have questions, and that's great. And we we really want to do a good job of responding to that. And I will just say we haven't always done that. We always want to do it, but we mm. haven't always followed through with that. Yeah. And so at the end of today's episode. Um, as of right now, we will be caught up. Yeah, and there are still and, a, a couple episodes or a couple requests that we just chose not to we address. Just can't. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, yeah. there are certain things that we we're just, just not going to be able to. It's not that we, we don't have thoughts on it, and it's yeah. not that we don't think scripture is clear on it, but we just that's not a direction, so to speak, that yeah. we want to take the podcast. Just content-wise, yeah, it's sensitive stuff, mm-hmm. good stuff, stuff that needs talked about, but yeah. we're just not going to do that here. Yeah. Um, and so, for the, for Johnny who asked about the whole hair dye thing, sorry, <laughs> sorry Johnny, we're gonna talk about your hair dye, <laughs> okay? No. But we do appreciate when you guys um, do send us requests, and so we're gonna jump into that. But first, Rob, how you? Just how you feeling? Dude, I'm I'm exhausted. I'm tired. This is our fourth episode that we're <laughs> recording today, <laughs> and I've already had my coffee limit for today, so I can't just refuel on another cup of coffee. So I'm sitting here drinking a. Pure Aqua Bella V sparkling water. The flavor's lime, just in case you're wondering. Okay, I know good. you were. I, I was going to ask, tastes, hey, what tastes flavor is good. that? Okay, good. Yeah. Well, we want Rob, we want you to be at your best. We want you to be present and awake. Mm. Um, this is a snooze fest, hopefully. I'm sorry it's been boring the last four episodes. Oh, so but we um, we we try to, Rob and I, we, we work, we like legit, we work really hard to try to record in person. Yeah. doesn't always happen, but. I mean, there's a handful of times we haven't been able to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we want to do it in, in one of those ways. Every once in a while, we get a Saturday. We take a, a half of the day and just record episodes. Um, and it's good. Outside the fact that Rob's falling asleep over there. <laughs> what, anyway, what? Wait, wait. <laughs> so what are we talking about? What are we doing today, Rob? Yeah, so we are oh. hopping in here. Do you want me to read the first one? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep you awake. my mouse? Yeah, seriously, I'm going to have to. You may kick you like in the shit every five minutes. I would prefer if you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here we go. Hey, hey, by the way, this is my side. So can you put your feet like why? (laughs) All right, all right. Rick and I are here. (laughs) Rick and I are sitting across from one another. That's how our little rig is set up. Now your feet are on my side. Get out of there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. This is from Dan. And first off, Dan, thanks for sending in the request. Thank you, Dan. So uh, here we go. He says it's a real dandy. (laughs) Nice. That was. That was just bad. Okay. Hey, guys. So I'm not sure if if you've done an episode covering this topic, 
If you have, I guess I either forgot it or missed it. <laughs> either way. I've been it's, talking... it's either way? Either way. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, to answer your question, Dan, we have not. We kind of have for one of them, but anyway. Um, Wait. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're on the Catholic one. Yeah, yeah we did an episode on this. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Rise and shine, Rob. Well, I mean, Welcome to the podcast. We did something happen there you go. over here. Okay. Can we smack you? Um, nope. Forgot it or missed it. Either way. It's either, either way. way. <laughs> I've been talking to a Catholic friend of mine lately and have been discussing our fates, which first off, Dan, actually this at this point it's like second off or third off, uh, but Dan, really <laughs> tip of the cap to you, man, for Way to go, Dan. sharing your faith with others. Yeah. I mean- Seriously. And, and and having a good, robust, civil conversation yeah. with people. Yep. Especially. A winsome conversation. Yes. Um, one of the things that seems to be a huge issue between us is the topic of authority. But specifically this question, who has the authority to interpret scripture? I'd love it if you could talk about this and do what you guys do best and make theology simple. Thanks. Dan, mm. we know your last time. We won't say it on the on the uh, podcast here, but you are the man. Dan the man. Dan the man inspiration. Yeah, so let's talk Let's talk about this. Yeah, so one, we, we did an episode um, on this before, and so uh, you can go back into the archives, Dan, <laughs> and, and go through that stuff. And so I'm going to kind of reiterate a few of those things. Um, and we talked about the Roman Catholic, how there's big C, little C, um, church, and, and like... Uh, to be to big C is to be Catholic, part of the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. To yeah. be little C just means the the, the global church, right? Yep. Um, and we see that in 325 AD, the Council of Nicaea begins to shape some of Roman Catholicism. We know in 1517, there was the Protestant Reformation began to kind of break loose. You know, lots of church history. Um, one of the few unique things about the Catholic Church is they hold the Pope to be infallible. Um which makes him just as authoritative as at that point as Scripture, um, whereas Protestants would say, no, only Scripture has that authority, um, not the Pope, not anyone else. Yeah. So, so we don't elevate elevate anyone to that level, like at all. Um, so that's where I think the 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 center of the conversation with Dan's friend is, is, is who has the authority to interpretate Scripture, to say this is what Scripture says, this is right, or this is wrong. You say interpretate? Did I? Yeah, interpret. So interpreting Scripture. <laughs> Dan, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about, so don't listen to me at all. You're probably just really tired. And oh, yeah. Need, I need, need, I need You need me to kick you in the shin? Yeah, please do. <laughs> all right. smack while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> Cross the face. But in interpreting Scripture, um, who has the authority to do those things? Well, I, we're going to flesh out a little bit more that we we would say Catholics do not – they struggle with um, their theology because they, they're not sticking to Scripture alone. When yeah. we say sola scriptura, through Scripture alone we get the truth. So the outflow of that is our belief in justification, our belief that – that our salvation is through Christ. It's not. That's not because of works. It's not because of baptism or or a confirmation or a, co- a confession or a priest doesn't save me or confirm those. It's the, the Lord does all those things. So you see this beginning. The Catholics beginning to veer away from Scripture. So then they're veering away from Scripture, and at the same time they're saying, "Oh, I have the authority to interpret it." Yeah. But yet I'm leaving it. Yep. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. At all. 
Sorry, you look like you're getting to jump in on something. Well, Go for it. So, okay, the part of the issue with um, the, the way that the, the Roman Catholic Church mm-hmm. approaches this, which is one of the, I mean, one of the primary reasons that the Protestant Reformation happened, mm-hmm. was that they have denied the priesthood of all believers. Yeah. So what we mean by that is that all believers have equal access to God. There's, right. there's not going to be, we said this on a previous episode, um, like classes mm-hmm. of Christian of Christians yep. or um, castes of Christians, mm-hmm. tiers of Christians, but all believers have equal access to God. We see this right. when Jesus died in Matthew 27, 51, when the, when the veil was torn in two. Mm-hmm. So what that is in reference to is the, the priest system right. that was set up in the Old Testament was that only priests could enter into the holy place. And then once a year, the high priest would enter into the holy of holies. And what would divide those was a veil, a really thick veil. And they would go in there, and they would have access to God's presence. They would make sacrifices on people's behalf, and um, they would, in that time, experience God's presence on behalf of the people. And then they would be able to, um, if, if the Lord was speaking in some way, like they would be able to be that middle person between God and the people. Mm-hmm. When Jesus died, what happened was he became our high priest. And so now he is the one that intercedes on our behalf, is that middleman between God the Father and people. So all of the believers are seen as priests, we're to be holy, we're to live in a holy way, and we all have equal access to Christ. We see this in 1 Peter 2. Five through nine. Was that where you were? No, okay. I got a couple pa- passages okay, cool. in so, John. So I'll do this, and then you can go there. Um, but we see First uh, Peter two five. You yourselves, as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture: See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So honor will come to you who believe, but for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this stone has become the cornerstone, and a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word, but they are destined for this. Verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the people of God are called to walk in holiness because they are seen as a royal priesthood with Jesus as our high priest. And we can, that's, I mean, that's First Peter 2, 5 through 9. You could read through Hebrews and there's tons of passages where we see this parallel that Jesus is now our great high priest. Yeah. who intercedes for us. So therefore, because we no longer need a priest, because we have one in Christ, right. we all have equal access to God. Therefore, to bring this back to my original point that the Roman Catholic Church has gotten this wrong, is that every believer, through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in them, has the ability to interpret Scripture. There is 
there are correct interpretations and there are incorrect interpretations. However, a person who is not a priest has the ability, because they have the Holy Spirit, to interpret a passage correctly. And what we acknowledge is that the the Scripture has the final say. It's not that we get to adjust what it says or what it means. It's a matter of whether or not we have interpreted it correctly, whereas the, the Pope today will change passages of Scripture like he did with the Lord's Prayer recently. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was going to point out, pull out two passages in, in John first, and this is referring to um, the Holy Spirit, because this is the the job of the Holy Spirit is to mature us, convict us, and grow us as believers, right? So we don't need the the, the Pope to to do us this and tell us. This is what John fifteen um, verse fourteen, if I can find it, says. Okay, not verse fourteen. Does it say it's right after verse thirteen? If you're having trouble finding nope, it, no, that's sixteen. Hmm. Oh, hmm. oh, wait, wait, wait. John 14, yeah, 14, 16, yep, 14, 16, and 16, 13. It's always mm, confusing. There you go. This is John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, capital C counselor, Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him because he, rema- he remains with you and will be in you. So we know there's a counselor, a helper, as ESV translates it, who will be with us from the Father and um, to reveal these things to us. And then this is what 16 verse 13 says. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. This idea that he will take from what what the Father has instructed him to, to tell us, reveal these things to us. So that he, so he's sending a counselor and a helper, and the counselor and helper is going to help us to understand, reveal all truth to us. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, so all those who are in Christ, they have the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So why is it then that there are different interpretations of the same passage? Part of that is because there people's, well, just the easiest one is there's people who, who are not the Holy Spirit's not revealing anything and they're they're not don't care about understanding what the Holy Spirit is to say. Yep. That's the easy one. The hard one is that there are people who who've studied and there's just there's different truths. I mean and you might be getting something more this at that with that question, but my, my answer is like there there's people who just struggle because on issues of orthodoxy, issues of like massive importance, for the most part there's not any kind of qualms. There's not Difference of interpretation. Yeah, the ones that are, are significant that alter massively alter our faith if they're interpreted different ways. There's unity there. Like those are not that hard. Yeah, it's the more nuanced ones that they're more difficult. Yeah, and and so I, I am trying to get somewhere yeah. with that. But let me rephrase the question and see if if it uh, resonates at all. Or you, so, can, you can just answer your. I own could. Question. I could. But this is okay. more fun. Um. So you and I could both sit on on a chair here uh-huh. and we could read scripture the yes. same bible same mm-hmm. translation mm-hmm. and you being in christ have the holy spirit me yeah. being in christ have the holy spirit and we will not come to 100 percent agreement on everything right does that mean that there are I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this does that mean that both of our interpretations are equally valid mm-hmm. or does it mean something else 
Well, part of it, I'd say because for, Hebrews 4, 12 is, is living and active, and so there's, there can be multiple things that come out of a passage, yep. right? Yep. And, and apply for different areas or, or phases of life, but yep. there's multiple truths out of the same passage. But but two, there's also the element of, like, are, are you genuinely seeking the wisdom of the Lord on that passage? And then are you taking that passage and, and um, using the rest of Scripture that he's already given to yeah. interpret it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does so, that make sense? Yeah, so you, you hit on, so there's two, like, sides of this. That, oh, like two ends of the continuum, exactly. so to speak? Okay, yeah. yep. So the one side is exactly what you just said, that you can get multiple truths out of a passage. Mm-hmm. Each passage has, like, a primary main point that it's trying to get yeah. at, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other good things to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So you can get different things out of it, depending on your background, depending on what you're going right. through, depending, whatever. But the other side of it is sometimes because we're still in our flesh and we still have the effect of the fall and we're not perfect individuals, we're mm-hmm. seen as perfect through Christ. Right. However, we still are not perfect in our everything that we do. We'll just get it wrong yeah. sometimes. It's, it's it's through a a, a dimly lit light or foggy exactly. so, so window, There's so going to gonna be times where even though we may have the Holy Spirit, because we're in the flesh, we're still going to misinterpret things sometimes. That's why it is so so important to do what you just said to compare it to the rest of scripture because there may be a passage where you can just take that one passage and say yeah this says this so therefore this must be true however you may be misinterpreting it in that instance and if you don't align it if you don't take zoom out and see what the scripture what the text says about that particular thing all throughout then you could be missing something. In fact, I would almost guarantee that you're missing something. So yeah. the two and, sides there were, yeah, you could get multiple yeah. things out of it. You might get one thing, I might get something else. And sure, they both could be correct. But then there's also the other side where we could just interpret it wrong. Yeah. Even though we have the Holy Spirit, like mm-hmm. we could just interpret it wrong. Yeah. And, and and there's a couple articles I'm going to read some some excerpts out of, but we'll put the the links to those in the show notes to make a note of that. Um, wait, 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 wait. wait. Okay. Show notes. So, so with that... Also, a question to ask is, where in Scripture does it give someone um, high outside of the, the apostles higher authority than any other person? So, what you see in, in the in the Roman Catholic Church is they they said, okay, these people can interpret Scripture. Well, it's a select few. I mean, historically, it was a select few amount of people. So there there wasn't this broader fellowship. It, it, it's like you know, when I go to church and, and I I preach to my people. If I preach heresy, they will call me out on it, because that one yeah. as a congregation that's their job as yeah. as fellow brothers and sisters. Um, but but they know the scriptures not not perfectly, but but they know them, and, and so they're going to call me out if I'm in error. Well, historically, the Catholic Church did not have to worry about that because they can say whatever they want. The people didn't have the, the scripture in their own language, and so there's this ability to to without any um, accountability twist scripture. Yeah. So with that though, this idea of like examining scripture, this is where I'd say there some some heresy has come into the the Catholic um, Church, so to speak. Um, and this is an article from uh, Christian Apologetic and Research Ministry, CARM, and it says there are essential doctrines, and if any of these those essential doctrines are violated, then a church would appear to be Christian, but not really be Christian. What are those doctrines? The Bible tells us. Let's take a look. One, there is only one God, 
and you are, and you are to serve no other gods. This Exodus, Isaiah, several other passages. Two, Jesus is both God and man. Three, Jesus rose from the dead physically. Four, salvation is by grace through faith. Five, the gospel is the, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus according to the scriptures. Six, God is a trinity. Seven, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. So, some someone who is a true Christian will be, will excuse me, will believe these things and not violate them. Roman Catholicism violates two of them, one and four. Again, one is that there's only one God and serve no other gods, and four is that salvation is by grace through faith. First of all, by its practice of promoting Mary and the saints to the level of godlike capabilities, they break the commandment to have no other gods before the true and living God. In Roman Catholicism, they say that Mary is the, I don't even know how to say this word, made a trek something hold on let me see where it is um and this is in the, the catechism of the catholic church paragraph six or nine sixty nine mayor mary oh, yeah. mediatrix mediatrix so mediator a special mediator for you and that again that's in the catechism of the catholic church paragraph nine sixty nine also that mary made atonement for the sins of man this is in the fundamentals of the catholic dogma page 213 and Mary is the subject of preaching and worship, Vatican Council 2, page 420. So right there in that paragraph, they're talking about like how they are an error in regards to two significant, not an error, they're a heresy in regards to two significant doctrines. Yeah. Um, and then another thing from, this is from Got Questions. We've referenced them, that website multiple times. And this is, is, Catholic, is Catholicism a false religion? Um, it says the answer, most crucial, the most crucial problem for, within the Roman Catholic Church is its belief that faith alone in Christ is not sufficient for salvation. The Bible clearly and consistently states that receiving Jesus Christ as Savior by grace through faith grants salvation. List a bunch of references there. It says the Roman Catholic Church rejects this. The official position of the Roman Catholic Church is that a person must believe in Jesus Christ and be baptized and receive the Eucharist along with other sacraments and obey the decrees of the Roman Catholic Church, and perform mater- meritorious. Mater- thank you. Mer- meritorious. Meritorious works, <clears throat> and not die with any mortal sins. And it goes on and on. Catholic divergence from the Bible on this most crucial of issues, salvation, means that, yes, Catholicism is a false religion. If a person believes what the Catholic Church officially teaches, he or she will not be saved. Any claim that the works or rituals must be added to faith in order for salvation to be achieved is a claim that Jesus' death was not sufficient to fully purchase our salvation. Amen. A lot there. We're going to link to both those articles. And, and again, go back and listen. We did the, the episode, Can Catholics Be Christian? Are they Christians? And we just... Yeah. To sum it up, if you are an ortho, you t- hold to all the teachings of the Catholic Church, then you do not believe in salvation through grace or in faith through grace alone. Yeah, it, Christ alone is not your atonement. It's it's plus works. That's yeah. that's, that's heresy, flat out heresy. Yeah. And having said that, there are I believe regenerate Christians who are in Catholic churches yep. who do not hold to those doctrines of the Catholic Church. Um, and so I, I, I know this is really stepping on people, some people's toes. And it's controversial, but it's just it's plain truth. And so Daniel, just Chir- plain truth, plain truth, plain truth, y'all, y'all, listen up. <laughs> Scripture's clear on this. <laughs> yeah. But back to your question, Daniel, about the authority. I w- I would 
you, you can reference some of these things, but I, the question I would ask is, where in Scripture does it give the authority to 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 a pope? Yeah, well, they would say Matthew sixteen, I, I, which is, is just bad exegesis. However, that's what they would say. And I would say you have one passage that that you're you're twisting, and and I have dozens of passages that are that yeah. refute that. Yeah. And so let's just let's step back and say let's just look at Scripture. And Romans 1, it says that all men will give an account because God reveals himself to all mankind, Yeah. right? And then with Christ, as you, you, you talk about the veil being torn, he revealed himself to all mankind on the earth. And then and then God revealed himself to all mankind through, sorry, God re- revealed himself to all mankind through creation. And, and then Christ came revealing um, salvation through Christ alone, Yeah. right? It's through Christ that we're saved. It's through his word that we understand and we grow in our faith. We talked about that. It's not that we have to go to someone else besides Christ for our salvation. Yeah. There's, there's no one else to go to. There's no other atonement. There's no other way. It's yeah. Christ. Now, he has the church, thankfully, and he, he wants to, you know, he has baptism and he has the Lord's Supper to encourage us and, and as, as functions of the church. But those are not our salvation. You can't add anything else to it. So that would be my response is, is ask him what, what authority, like who gives authority to the church, to the Catholic church. Um, and yeah. it, it can be a hard thing, but be patient. Yeah. Be very, very patient. And yeah, be, be gentle. I mean, we want to speak the truth in love. We want to exude the fruit of the Spirit. And one of, one of the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. So... Yeah. All right. We're we're gonna go to one more request for this episode, um, and we'll we're, we're gonna cover the next ep next rec- the. I was gonna say I thought we had two more. Yeah, but we're you know we're already pushing time. So this one is a question from from way back in spring from the Wayback Machine from the Wayback Machine um, regarding the, the Trinity in relation to Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. And this is from um, a listener named Preston. Preston says, I've been engaging with some Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses recently. I know something they both fundamentally disagree with is the Trinity. So I was wondering if you could talk about that some. Okay, so he, like a week after, this wasn't playing, but a week after that we did an episode on the Trinity. And uh, is Jesus God? And that we talked about the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. So Preston, thank you for um, writing in. Sorry, it's taken us so long to get to you. But I would say, go back, I'm sure you can listen to the episode, hopefully, on the Trinity, and hopefully that was helpful. If, go back, listen to it again. Um, I want to talk just a couple things about just nuance regarding the Trinity um, in relation to Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. And I don't know if you have any thoughts. If you want. I have a lot of thoughts, but I'll let you finish mm. yours. Well, I just did. <laughs> Are you really wanting me to go, or do you want to? No, so finish? I just... What I, what I guess the two things I would pull out is that um, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons both say that Jesus was a was real. He walked the earth. He died, but he was not God. Mormons say he was a son of God, a literal son. Him and Satan were brothers. It gets really confusing. Yeah. Mormons say he was a great prophet. I'm not even sure how they tie it all in for Jehovah's Witness. It gets really confusing, but even with that, with with Muslims, and they they think Jesus was a real person, a prophet. They don't think he's God. But here's here's where I'm going to say two things. Um, if Jesus is not God, how did he atone for our sin? And then re- just regarding the Trinity, um, because that's what we're talking about. 
who and what is the Holy Spirit. Right, so we just read two passages about the Holy Spirit in John 16, or 14, 16, and 16, 13. Right? And if the Holy Spirit isn't a part of God, isn't God, then what's his role? Yeah. So those are the two kind of fundamental questions I would start out with. Yeah, I wonder I wonder what they would say about the Holy Spirit. Like maybe it's just, I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes. Maybe that is just the Spirit of God. So so Jehovah's Witnesses say like, it's, yeah, it's a Spirit of, it's a Spirit of God. Like just encouraging you. It's, you know, like God sending good vibes. Okay, okay. So there is a um, whole sequence of um, passages that we can relate, we can put to, okay, mm-hmm. I, just, I just need to write this down because there are, write this down. I need to make sure I don't forget these. So Notes. JW verses. Okay, so you, there are this list of verses mm-hmm. that um, I am super grateful for because my professor um, on evangelism at Southern Seminary said you can, um, it, if you and the, a Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm. can agree to this phrase that I'm getting ready to read, he's like, then you can walk them through these passages, even in their New World Translation, because that's the only translation yeah. they accept, um, which if there's ever any any group of people who only accept one translation, then that's a red flag, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a cult flag right there waving in the wind. You need to be very aware of that. Um, there are going to be people who have their preferred translations, but are right. willing to do other ones. So like, for instance, Rick and I prefer the CSB, and we prefer the ESV, and we prefer the NASB. Like, these are great translations right. that we prefer, but it doesn't mean that we're saying they're the only true one. Right. The only true one is the original manuscripts. However, the Jehovah's Witnesses would say the New World Translation is right. the only one they accept. So you can even use their translation as you walk through this sequence mm-hmm. of verses. But the phrase is this, if the Bible teaches that there's only one God, and yet there are three persons called God in the Bible, then by faith, I must accept the Christian doctrine of the Trinity. Even though my feeble mind cannot fully understand nor grasp how God can be one, yet three in perfect harmony and completeness. Mm-hmm. So if they can, if you can get them to agree to that, to say, hey, look, if the Bible does teach that there are three persons called God, and yet God is one, mm-hmm then would you embrace the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, even though it's tough to understand? If they say yes, then you can say, okay, let's look at these verses right? in order. And so in order, these verses, and again, we'll put them on the show notes, are Deuteronomy 6.4, Isaiah 43.10-11, Isaiah 44.6, Revelation 1, verse 8, Revelation 22, verse 13, and then you can see in that passage, Revelation 22, verse 13, that this is Jesus speaking. All you have to do is look at verse 16, three verses later. And then Revelations 1, 17 through 18. It, and you can ask the Jehovah's Witness after Revelation 1, 17 through 18, when would Jehovah have died? Because in Revelations 1, 17 through 18, it mentions God dying. Uh-huh. So you have to ask the question, when would Jehovah have died? The only answer is Jesus on the cross. And if Jesus on the cross died, and yet he's called Jehovah, he's called God, then you have to submit that he is also God. And further, we have to understand that Jesus himself said in, what is it, Mark, Mark 10, 18 and Luke 18, 19, that only God is good. And so if Jesus is not God, then Logically speaking, that means Jesus is not good. Right. And if Jesus right. is not good, 
then his then what he did on the cross is not an acceptable sacrifice. Exactly. It had to be an unblemished lamb. Right. And so if only God is good, and this is what Jesus is getting at in that passage, why do you like why why do you call me good? Only God is good. He's trying to point out like, hey, you have to understand, I am God. Right. You're calling me good. You should also call me God. Right. And so if if Jesus is not good, no, if he is not God, he is not good. And if he's right. not good, then he cannot be the exactly. appropriate sacrifice for our sin. That's the Jehovah's Witness side. There's more that could be said on the Mormon side, but there's just a right. lot. And yes. we, I can put some stuff on there. There are claims that um, Mormons make, and I've got a document here that has the claim of what they say and the response that we would have with verses backing it up. Right. So I, I can try to put some of that in there. It's just going to be a, a lot of show notes. So if you want be those, prepared. maybe just email us. Yeah. At info at simpletheology.org. Info at simpletheology.org. Yeah, and, and, and Preston, you, you asked the question, like, how do I reveal this? And, and I would say just keeping in relationship with these guys, these gals, these family people, whoever these are in relationship to you, like, continue to build relationship. But what you said, Rob, at the very end, that's what I was going to say. This is another excerpt from our, an article. It's just, it says, The sinner cannot fulfill the law because he is sinful in the flesh. Quotes Romans 8.3. Since the sinner cannot fulfill the law and satisfy God, it follows that only God can do this. This is simple logic. If we are unable to fulfill the law, then we will be punished by it. Yeah. But since God desires us to be saved, the law must be satisfied. Since we cannot keep the law it, and it must be satisfied, then the only one acceptable of keeping the law must be the lawgiver, which is God. And Jesus is God in the flesh. Of course, John 1, 1, John 1, 14. Um, and that Jesus came, he's God, came to fulfill the law, die on the cross. Yeah. He's the only one who can do it. So that's why we, that's one of the reasons we believe in the first, uh, in the Trinity, but it's also the, the, the answer to the first question, how did Jesus atone for sin? Because he was God. There's no other way where he could atone for sin and not be God. Yeah. There's, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, and then to the second question, what is the Holy Spirit? And we read another passage in John fourteen twenty six says, "But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you." So His job is to encourage us again and to to help us pursue Christ, and He is the Helper. He's the Holy Spirit. This is His job because He is God. Yeah, He's not. The essence of God, he's not a spirit, he's not an angel, he is God. He dwells within us. Yeah, no. Amen. Ho- hopefully uh, that was encouraging and helpful. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully, I'm, I'm just looking through these notes. There's there's so, so much that could be said. Rob's um, just a wealth of knowledge. Well, it's not it's not me, it's these other, other folks who are, and I just write it down in Evernote. If you guys don't have a place where you store mm. some Evernote. notes... I mean, whether it's Evernote, whether it's Apple Notes, whether it's something else, like get a system. Yeah, get a system because work the system. This amount of information, I would not be able to just keep in my head. And the cool thing about Evernote, I mean, this is an plug. We don't get any kind of support, but you just go in their search bar, and, you, and it's a very, very robust search yeah. engine for for your notes. Yeah. So one one thing that I would encourage you, if if you are looking to find good evangelistic material for engaging Mormons. Um, I would encourage you to check out the ministry of Apologia, mm-hmm. um, yeah. w- which that's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A. 
A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A. A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A. Um, they are a, a church in, I want to say, Tempe, Arizona. Um, um, looking it up, and they are in... Um, it's not Tempe, Arizona. It's Mesa? Uh, in Mesa, Arizona? I thought it was somewhere else. Scottsdale? I don't know. It, it's probably like a metro area. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, I'm so Jeff Durbin, James White, um, two great apologists, um, they... Uh, live in an area that is phoenix area okay phoenix area they that area has a very large mormon temple and so they engage with mormons all the time and what they do is they have a lot of videos of them engaging with mormons and so it's very raw Mm -hmm. conversations um, of them talking with folks on the street and it's not like the i mean the way i'm describing it already like street evangelism some people might think like oh this is going to be nasty and no like they're very winsome in the way that they do it and very loving towards the individuals that they talk to. And they provide this material so that others like us sitting in an area that's not very uh, populated by a, M- a Mormon population um, can learn from it, can see that these conversations are just normal conversations, totally capable of having. So I would encourage you to check out, um, what is it, Apologia Studios? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. W- what's the web- website? Um, I lost it. Is it .org? Is it .com? About to find out. Apologia Studios. So if you go to YouTube and look up Apologia Studios, you'll find you'll find it. But uh, it is apologiastudios.com. So they've got a lot of great stuff. They've even got um, like little tracks that you can give to Mormons yeah. to help them better understand why we disagree with them on a lot of these things and what their uh, teachers uh, espouse. And if you are in the Mormon church... You are claiming to agree with these things. This is why it's a problem, because it seems like Scripture disagrees with these things. The claims of Joseph Smith mm-hmm. seem to go contrary to what Scripture says. Right. I mean, even Paul said, like, this is, um, if anyone comes right. to you, even an angel, right. proclaiming a different gospel than what I've given you, consider that man accursed. Right. And Joseph Smith Not literally, an angel. Yeah, literally said an angel visited him right. and gave, gave him, him a new word. Yeah, And so... I mean, there's just so much that could be said, but I would just encourage you to go check out apologiastudios.com because this is like, this is the wheelhouse. Mm, wheelhouse. Yeah. And so I uh, appreciate the requests. Glad we can get to those about just Catholicism and who has the authority and then with the Trinity. And, um, and it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing when, regardless of kind of people's experience, religious, spiritual faith or whatever, um, when you when you can clearly get people to acknowledge that they're broken, they need a savior. Um, you've you've gone like so far down the road for evangelism, like that's a huge thing. And then you just let them like God, he like he has a plan he, and for redemption, and he wants to include you in that, yeah. and he desires to to be in your life and to to see you made new and to to help you grow i mean there's there's a lot there but point being like there is this the hunger when they're hungry for for a savior that's great when people want to bury their heads in doctrine i'm not i mean like false doctrine just put up walls oh my goodness well, Dude, i think we're getting burglarized neville was in here if you guys didn't notice um neville disagree with what i'm saying <laughs> neville is a sinful wicked dog <laughs> yeah he is <laughs> Uh, but no, just in your both these guys, you, you guys are talking about evangelism, and that's a beautiful thing. 
stick with it. Keep yeah. keep sharing what Jesus is doing in your life and pointing to Christ. And remember, Christ's word. It, we talked about this with the episode of faith that uh, you guys will I think hear soon, or you just heard um, with confessions, and that that has to do with like the word is what's going to bring about faith and, yeah. and break their hearts. So appreciate you guys. Again, you can always connect with us at simpletheology.org or on Instagram at simpletheologypod, uh, or you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash simpletheology, any media platform, Simple Theology, or hashtag simpletheologypod. Um, you can email us at email info. Us at info at simpletheology. And always you info can at simpletheology.org. Yes. You got to put that dot org or I else never it's not get going it right. anywhere. I never get it right. Yeah, well. Um, you can always call us and leave a, a message, and that's at 614-233-1098. Nice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the other number so bad. Um, <laughs> 614-233-1098, and leave us a, a voicemail, and we'd love to get back with you. Um, we don't have a policy, but like we'll, we'll, we probably won't air the voicemails unless there's this, like, I just feel bad, like, People are going to call and they don't know if it's going to be aired or not, so they might be hesitant. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just we'll not air them. Um, if you it, give us permission if, on the voicemail. This is us having a high-level yes, executive yes, meeting on the air right for here. you guys. This is transparency. We're very transparent. So Authentic. If you give us permission yes. in the voicemail, then we'll play it on the air. There you go. But hey, we appreciate you guys. And uh, leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to this podcast. All right. Peace. Peace.